And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Uh, I, I want to mention, I just want to talk this morning uh, to you out of the book of Galatians. We've been going uh, this summer through the book of Galatians. We're already chapter 4. Uh, we're over halfway through, and uh, so it's been a great time. Hopefully you've been studying it on your own as well. And, and Paul wrote this uh, letter to the churches in Galatia. And so I want to open up this morning uh, reading out of Galatians chapter 4. And it'll be on the screen for you as well. He says this, Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians. Oh, excuse me. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his air. Uh, so Paul, we've been talking a lot. Uh, it just keeps coming up week in, week out. Uh, we've been talking about how our salvation uh, is based on faith alone. Uh, we receive grace from Jesus Christ. To We receive grace from him and believe in him through faith and in what he did on the cross for us by dying for us. We just have to believe in him and we are saved. And uh, the Galatians were getting it twisted, and they were saying you had to add all of these things. It wasn't just enough to believe, but you had to go through all these other things and do things just right and be perfect at it. And Paul's saying, no, that's not it at all. By faith alone, grace alone, and faith alone, and Christ alone, that's it. Just have faith in who Christ is, and you're saved. And so he's still talking to them about that. And he said, let me put it like this. And he gives them uh, something we could all relate to. How many of you have ever heard of like a trust fund? Have you ever heard of a trust fund? So a trust fund would be set up a lot of times for minors, uh, young kids, whether the parents are still living or not. But the, the trust fund would be set up for the kids. And when they reach a certain age, 18, 21, you know, they'll put stipulations in there. And, and when they reach that age, and if they've met all the stipulations, then whatever wealth, whatever's been set aside for them, houses, cars, money, whatever it is, then gets transferred over to the minor, right? Who's now 21 or 18 or whatever. And Paul's saying the same thing. He's saying, listen, when the law was around, all these rules and regulations and things that you had to do in order to be forgiven and set right, all of those things were like you waiting. You were, your parents was gone, your father had died, and he left you an inheritance, but you weren't of age yet. You weren't able to control those things in and of yourselves. And so you had to be under another guardian, and that guardian was the law. And so he said, but when Jesus Christ came... When Jesus Christ came, now you no longer are in need of a guardian because now you have a master, you have a savior, you have Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price to forgive you and to set you free. And he said, so you no longer need the law, now you have Jesus. And so today, what Jesus did for us is he set us free, he rescued us, but then Paul begins to shift a little bit and he talks about how we are now children of God. That when Christ set us free, when we believe in him, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that you and I become children of God. God is our Father. 
And that word father, um, you know, after first service, I was talking to someone and they said, hey, I, I needed to hear this today, uh, the idea of father. They said, I've, I've realized that my view of who God is as father is distorted and skewed because of my heaven, or because of my natural earthly father. And when I say that word father, for some of you, you might have just wonderful memories, like absolutely great memories of, of who your dad was or who your dad is. There might be some of you in here, when I say father, you cringe a little bit. You, you, I don't know, there's a lot of negative emotions. And we're in this room, I guarantee we're all over the place. From those who have nothing bad to say and those who have nothing good to say, and then everybody in between. And so how our natural father, our earthly father, because all of us were born into a family, and how that father behaved, how that father acted in one way or another does shape how we view God as our father. And, and so I want to read you a few scriptures this morning because God as father is a good example for us to follow. Is a good example for when you say, well, what, when we say God as father, what does that mean? Mean. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to put aside your father. I want you to not think about him for a moment. And I want you to think about God the Father and what the Bible says about your heavenly father. Can you do that? All right. And I, I'm pretty sure I told this the first service, and I think it was pretty accurate. But it's going to be tough for you to sit there um, expressionless. As Oh, wow. That one. Wow. It might be easier this service. So it's going to be tough for you. It's going to be tough for you to sit there expressionless because these scriptures are just going to come alive in you. It's a faith statement. All right, here we go. Exodus 34, verse 6. Then he passed in front of Moses, calling out, The Lord, the Lord, a compassionate and merciful God, patient, always faithful, and ready to forgive. So God as Father is a compassionate God, a God who shows us mercy, that when we deserve to be punished, He forgives us and loves us instead. It says that He was always faithful. Always, that's not a word. I remember when I was getting married to my wife and we went through pre-marriage classes and uh, the pastor told us, who happened to be my dad actually, and he said two words you should not say in a marriage. Caleb goes, yep, he knows where I'm going with this. Always and never. Right? You say, oh, you always do that, really? Right? Or you never do that. I mean, those are pretty, pretty big words to throw around. Like, really, I never do that or I always do that or whatever. So I try not to say that always. But um, he's, saying, he's saying right here, he's saying that God, our Father, is always faithful. Maybe you had a father that would say, yeah, we'll do this, and it never happened. And there was, he was never faithful. But God, the heavenly father, is always faithful. And that last bit, it says, ready to forgive. I just picture in my mind, he's like, you know, he knows we're going to mess up. And he's like, but I love you anyway. I'm ready to forgive you. I'm, I'm ready to forgive you. I love you. Like that song we're singing, Reckless Love. And it says, I can't earn it, and I don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. He just forgives us. He just loves us. He just cares about us. That's cool. I mean, that's good that no matter how well I behave or how badly I behave, he still loves me. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to behave badly. It just means that I'm still a human, and sometimes I make mistakes. And he loves me anyway. 
Look at, look at this one, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Keep this in mind. Keep in mind. So keep this in your thoughts about your Heavenly Father. That the Lord your God is the only God. He is a faithful God who keeps His promise and is merciful to thousands of generations of those who love Him and obey His commands. Man, that sounds like a good thing. He's a faithful God. He is a faithful God who keeps His promise and is merciful. Again, these words are showing up. Look at Psalm 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and merciful God. You are patient, always faithful, and ready to forgive. Are you noticing some things about who God is? They say repetition is the mother of memory. Why is it in here so many times? Because He is compassionate. Because He is always ready to forgive. He is a faithful God. The Bible even says that when we are faithless, that He is still faithful. That He is always faithful to us. Man, that is good news. I don't know how many friends you have like that. Right. Where if you're not faithful to them, if you don't care, but yet they remain faithful to you. They love you no matter what. You can turn them away and, and, and hate them and this and that, but they always love you back. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, does it? But we have a God who is always faithful. We have a God who loves us, who is always there for us. Look at Lamentations 3. The reason I can still find hope so if you say, I, I don't have any hope, I don't know, well, check this out. The reason I can still find hope is that I keep this one thing in mind, the Lord's mercy. We were not completely wiped out. His compassion is never limited. It is new every morning. His faithfulness is great. You guys are doing it to me. You're sitting there expressionless. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard that scripture. The reason that I can still find hope. You and I, we can find hope in God our Father. Why? Because of His mercy. We were not completely wiped out. We, God's mercy, the Lord's mercy, His compassion is never limited. He is compassionate towards you always. It's new every morning. His faithfulness is great. And look at Ephesians 2. But God is rich in mercy because of His love, His great love for us. We were dead because of our failures, but He made us alive together with Christ. It is God's kindness that saved you. It's God's kindness that saved you. How many of you would agree we were all dead because of our failures? I mean, we were all dead because of our failures and the wrong things that we've done, but He made us alive together with Jesus Christ. And that is a good Father. That is a good Father who shows us mercy and compassion and faithfulness, who is always ready to forgive. You and I, we've been made in the image and the likeness of God. We learned that all the way in the beginning of the, of the Bible in Genesis, that man, men and women, we are made in the image and the likeness of God. So he put those nature, that nature, those qualities in us. That you and I, whether you're a father or a mother or a brother or a sister or a friend to somebody, whatever you are in this life right now, you can have these nature, these qualities in your life. That you can always be ready to forgive. That you can be merciful. Why? Because God is always ready to forgive you. Because God has shown you mercy. That means that those people that you know that have failed you so many times and have let you down and you say, you know what, I'm just going to write you off. And you start developing bitterness and unforgiveness and a hatred towards somebody else. I got news for you. That's not what God, your heavenly father, would do to you. 
When we make mistakes, when we do things wrong, He doesn't push us aside, but He forgives us. He has mercy on us. And I think we should have mercy towards others as well. We expect others to be perfect, but not ourselves. We expect others to do everything right, but not ourselves. We have good intentions. Okay, I guess I'm not preaching to anybody in here. <laughs> what about compassion? Having compassion for other people and empathy and stepping in their shoes and seeing things from a different perspective. Jesus has compassion towards us. He loves us. There's nothing that he wouldn't do for you. Can you say that the same about your life? Is there nothing that you would do for others? Help others, encourage others, be compassionate towards others? All right, I'm going to move on. We must choose to turn our lives over to God and allow Him to make us more like Him. Here's the thing about family. You can't choose the family you're born into. How many of you know that? You can't choose the family you're born into. I remember someone said, hey, my family puts the fun in dysfunction. Um... You can't choose the family you're born into, but you can choose to be reborn into God's family. You can't choose the family you were born into, but you can be reborn. You can be born again into God's family. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. It says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You and I can be reborn. Now we can't re-enter our mother's wombs and we don't even need to go there, but we can be reborn of God where God becomes our father and the people sitting next to you become your brothers and sisters. Look around at your brothers and sisters. Look around. Say hi to your brothers and sisters. Those of us that accept... Oh, I made a mistake. I'll let you guys talk. Hey, what's up? So the... When you accept Jesus Christ, when you have faith in Him, He becomes your Father. And this becomes your family. This becomes your family. The church becomes your family. Well, how does a building become a family? Remember, you're the church. This is a building. You and I, we are the church. And so this church becomes a family. And we're born into that. We're born again. We become children to a loving Father. Look at 1 John 3. See how very much our Father loves us, as He calls us His children, and that is what, uh, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. So I have something to tell you this morning. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. He sees you, He knows you, He loves you. He cares about you. He has plans for you. He has good things in store for you. He wants the best for you. Isn't that what we want for our children? He has that for you. He wants to see your life grow and expand and everything that he set you. Because listen, you are not a mistake. You're here for a reason. He set you on this earth for a purpose. And he sees you. And he saw your whole life before you lived one day. He saw everything from beginning to end. He knows what you're capable of because he put it inside of you. And he loves you and he cares about you and he is passionate about you. Everything we see he created and he made and why did he do that for us? For his creation, you and I. He said be fruitful and multiply, fill this earth. I've got big plans for you. 
Well, why would he do that? Because he's adopted us as his own. He's adopted us as his own. And that's why we can cry out, Abba, Father. We can cry out to him, Daddy. Because he has adopted us. We are his children. That word adopted means to legally bring up a child as your own. So when you adopt a child, that child normally takes on your last name. What, what happens? I mean, it's more than just signing some papers and going through a process. That child becomes part of your family. Never, ever ask anybody who's adopted kids, say, which kids are yours? Don't do it. Because they will look at you and they will say, they're all mine. These are my kids, right? It doesn't matter if they're biologically theirs or they're adopted. They are welcomed into the family. They become part of that family. And that's exactly what God has done for us. We are no longer... Listen, don't let anybody tell you who you used to be. You say, that's not who I am anymore. I'm part of God's family. Like, I've got a new name, and I've got a new passion, and he's given me a new lease on life, and that is no longer who I am. That's who I was, and that person is dead, gone. Right? And we have a new life in Jesus Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. We have been adopted. Look at Ephesians 2. It says, so now you Gentiles, and Gentiles, anybody that's not a, a, a Jew. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are now, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. So listen, you and I, we are no longer strangers. We are no longer foreigners. We are members of God's family. We're no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. We're no longer outside. We're outsiders. We have been grafted in. We've been brought in. They give us an idea of building a house and putting in the cornerstone and then laying everything brick by brick and building a structure. You and I are part of that. We're part of the family of God. Whether we live in Russia or whether we live in the United States, it doesn't matter where we're at. If you have faith in Jesus Christ and believe in him, we are all being built together as God's family. Well, I mean, when Dimitri, he said when he comes in, it's like, this is home. This is my family. I mean, this is not, this is not his home. He lives in St. Petersburg, Russia. I mean, you can't get any... St. Petersburg a little different than Fort Dodge, Iowa? <laughs> Slightly? It's a little different. Right? But yet this feels like home. Why? Not because of the church, not because of the town. What do you say? Because of you. Because of the church. Because of all of us that make up the church. You and I. We're no longer strangers. We are members of God's family. And I probably don't even have to say this part because Anya took care of it for me. But with all the talk about families and fathers and adoption, maybe you have some regrets. Maybe you have some negative thoughts. Maybe some things in the past have been bad, or maybe you've hurt people, or maybe you've been hurt. I want to tell you this this morning. Everybody remember these two things. Just two. Two or three, whatever. Remember these two things. God loves you. Okay, you didn't, you didn't hear me. All right, first one. God loves you. Okay, why don't you say this? God loves me. Say it. He does. God loves 
You, I mean, think about that. The creator of the universe made everything and he loves you. That is way awesome. That he loves us and cares about us. You and I, right here in Fort Dodge or wherever you come from, he knows you, he knows how many hairs are on your head, he knows that they're falling out. It's okay. (laughs) He knows everything about you. And he loves you just the same. Remember this thing. Oh, and also he forgives you. He loves you and forgives you. The past is the past. Let it be. Let it be. You're a new creation. Listen, only move forward. Forget the past. Move forward and make it a better future than what your past was. You can only do that with Christ's help. Amen? So number one, God loves you. Number two, we love you. Number two, I love you. Number two, people around you love you. We love you. We say it all the time. You know, no matter who you are, welcome today. We, we care about you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, we love and accept you just as you are. Why do we say that week in and week out? Same reason we say church isn't over when the service ends. Because it matters. Because we want you to know that it does not matter. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to follow this. You don't have to act like that. You don't have to be any certain whatever. You just have to be you. The you that God created, and we love and accept you. So when you walk into this place, we want you to feel loved and accepted. Not just feel it, but know it, that, hey, there's people there that care about me. There's people there that have my back. I have family at that church. And that's the great part about being born again into God's family is we meet together as a family. That's what's so great about coming to church is we get to see our brothers and sisters and, you know, that aunt and uncle and whoever. We see our family. We get to hang out. We get to have fun together and see one another and encourage one another. So I hope, here's the thing, you can't choose your family, but you can be reborn into the family of God. But you do have another choice to make, and that's this where you will go to be with your family. And those of you that attend New Covenant on a regular basis, you've probably made the choice that this is your family. Maybe you're visiting today, you're a guest today, you're here checking it out and seeing what's going on. Here's what I can tell you. We're a family. We're not perfect. But we love one another. We accept one another for who we are. And we're all allowing Jesus Christ to transform us into somebody different and a new creation. Amen? Because we know that even though we've come a long ways, we've got a long ways to go. That God's not finished with us yet, but that he's faithful to complete the good work that he started in all of us. Let me read you one last scripture and we're about done. Romans 12 says this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. You and I, we belong to each other. We are one body of Christ. If you look at your body, well, you see your fingers, you see your wrists, your elbow, they all do different things, don't they? Yeah. They move different ways. They, have you ever tried to pick something up with like the inside of your elbow? If I were to try to drink out of this, with the, you guys want to see that? Yes. You know what would happen. That's why, you no, know, I'm not doing it. So, you know, that's why finger, look at how much, that was effort. I didn't even think about it. Well, I'm sure I did, but you know, I just I was just talking to you guys and I could just oh pick it up and you get look at look at the the grip strength on uh, no but you know but if I were to try to pick it up with no, I'm not gonna do it. So <laughs> it would make I might be able to pick it up, but there'd be no way I could drink it. So yeah, do it, do it. Okay. Um, same thing. They have specific functions, right? 
You, get this, have a specific function in this body. You have a specific function right here in this church, in your neighborhood, in your community, whatever. God has called you to be a, a finger or a foot or an elbow. I don't know, but we need it all. I, my fingers would not work good without whatever is in here connecting my fingers to something else. I don't know how all this works. I didn't take any of that. I don't know, but it works. But I'm fairly certain if I were to hurt something in here, like a tendon, something might not work right anymore. So the things we see, the things we don't see, it's all needed. So what I'm saying is you're all valued. You're all needed. We love you. We care about you because you're needed. You're valuable. God has a plan for you, and this is your family. So we all have a function in the body of Christ. So I hope that um, you enjoy being part of the family. Amen? For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa. 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.